Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to sports on a Sunday morning. There's a swing and a long one. That's a goner for Bader. Touchdown, Kansas City. Johnson pops a three. Oh, the Bayou Billiken says I'm involved too. On America's Four Toys, KMOX. Look at this guy, folks. Uh, man, I am so grateful to have Cardinals third baseman Nolan Arenado. I heard Jack Flaherty do an interview with our Mike Claiborne, and he said, you know, when, when you look over there during the game, whenever we play in that first game together and I see him, I'll be like, that guy plays for us. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was good to hear. And it is, it's happening. Nolan Arenado is a Cardinal. Welcome to St. Louis, Nolan. Oh, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Um, I'm excited to be there. But uh, speaking of Flaherty, man, I can't wait to play defense behind him, man. Guys, he works. He works hard. He's unreal. He is uh, wise for his age too. I mean, he's you know only been in this game for a couple full seasons, but boy, he's got a great work ethic, doesn't he? Oh yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible to watch. I uh, I admire it from you know in the locker room and watching him in the training room. I'm paying attention to him. He probably doesn't know it, but I'm watching him. Maybe a little creepy, but I'm watching him. <laughs> I'm sure that you uh, are, you're just very observant. You can learn from everybody. You're always going to be learning, aren't you? Always. Yeah, always. You know, uh, th- that's the thing about this group here. First thing I learned was that how hard they work, you know, um, every one of them, um, from the coaching staff, training staff, to the players, front office, all these guys, they work extremely hard. And not that before they didn't, where I was before, they, the guys where I was before work hard too, but just different. It's just a different feel, different vibe to it. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, we've got a, a, quite a history with this franchise and these fans. You're going to have a lot of people uh, checking this one out live, Nolan, and also on replay. And you may see some questions, Pac, over here. They come. See, Rob's uh, – there. see, they're already oh, yeah. pumping their chest a little bit, best fans of baseball. Now, you were, of course, as a visiting player, I'm sure observant also of the Bush Stadium experience and saw that uh, when you came in. Uh, what did you think at that point? Oh, for sure. I mean, just uh, the fan base is incredible. Even when I was a visiting player, I'm there. I made a couple plays, and they, I feel like they're bo- almost standing, giving me a standing O just for the plays I made. You know, they have a lot of respect for baseball, and they have a lot of respect for good baseball, and then they love their team. And uh, you can see that as it as the game gets close, they start to get really into it, and they try to carry the momentum. But they're very respectful, and they're some of the best. So I can't wait to play in front of them. That's gonna be fun. We had Albert Pujols on this show, and he said something that. I had not heard him say before. He said that when he came back as an angel and spent that weekend here, hit a home run, they gave him a huge ovation every time he was up and he felt that love. He said best moment, he said probably best moment of my career in the regular season. I mean, not counting the World Series, of course, but that's a huge, huge statement. So that's a big statement coming from him after what he's done. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, it's been, what did you think of the Cardinals organization, just the history of it also, and, and some of those players? And there have been some great ones at your position also at third base, Scott Rowland, David Freeze. You can go right down the line. Yeah. 
Well, absolutely. You know, I think that was the cool thing about joining this team is the history of this organization, you know, how good they are and how they've done it. Um, you know, you always hear about the Cardinal way and all those things and to be a part of it now, it's been really cool. And uh, there's no doubt this organization is filled with history, filled with great players, great players that still come back to this day. You know, I, you know, Matt Holliday is one of my, my guys and one of my favorites, you know, watching Albert growing up, David Freeze hitting bombs and, you know, I got to play against David, obviously got to play against David Freeze also, and I remember asking him, like, hey, man, that moment had to be sick, huh? I remember asking him at third base one time, and just a good dude, man, and it's just cool to hear him talk about it, but Scott Rowland, obviously, he's a guy I have a lot of video on, and I got to meet him in 2019 uh, in our uh, in our uh, visiting clubhouse in St. Louis, and because when we played them, he got the red, the red jacket. That's when he got introduced in the Cardinal Hall of Fame, so it was against us, so it was really cool to talk to him and meet him, and, uh, just a great history, like you said. It's just a great bunch of great players, and uh, I'm excited to be a part of it. Yeah, I thought about, you know, I had this idea of having either Roland or Freeze maybe drop in and do, like, a surprise visit on the show and welcome you in. But I thought, you know, I'm not going to ask them because they'll probably say, just let Nolan have it. Like, I don't want to jump in. That's Nolan's time. You know, that's kind of how they all are, right? It's yeah, just yeah. a real team uh, concept. Yeah, for sure. No, that would have been awesome, though. I wish we would have. I would have loved them. <laughs> or maybe we'll – don't mind me. I'm drinking a Budweiser. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll do it another time. But, yeah, they've, uh, they've been great. Freeze has been on the show and had fun. Well, I, I appreciate you being in my garage. Uh, here we are, and we're talking. Uh, I grew up here in St. Louis, so I know how much the Cardinals mean to people here. It is a different way of life. It, it is part of our lives, and, you know, it's what you talk about. 365. I want to go back to Holiday for a minute because you mentioned him. So I want to uh, go off of that. What a cool thing in that he, you really liked him as a player and then, as a fan of the game. And then to become friends with him had to have been a very special thing to this day. Oh, absolutely. You know, Maddie's someone I talk to all the time about the game. I sent him video of my swing and di- different things. Um, but obviously being a huge fan of his game and then becoming good friends with him and visiting him in the offseason, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy, crazy to think about. It's rare that you get to be kind of close to your favorite players. So to have that relationship with him and his family, it's just been, it's been unbelievable. He's just a great role model, you know, um, for me as, in this game and how he goes, carries himself off the field as a professional. Um, someone, like I said, I just admire. And uh, to be close with him and be able to go to him with anything, it's been, uh, it's been special. And I've very, very blessed to have him as a friend. So many players that look up to him in that way. You know how many players he's taken in and said, you know, hey, come stay at my house or, hey, you know, let me let me help you out with this or that, uh, whether it's a little bit financially or take you to dinner or whatever it is. Uh, that's a huge, huge part of this game. It's a, You guys are all family. You need that, don't you? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. He's got a big heart. You know, there's not too many people that do things like that. And uh, to see him go out of his way and do those things and, especially with who he is and you would think a guy like him with who he is and how much money he's made and all that. They think, you know, but no, he thinks about other people first and that's why he is the way he is. He's, he's a special person. You grew up a Dodgers fan and uh, you like Beltre too, didn't you? Adrian Beltre. What yeah, a player. Adrian, yeah. Yeah. Adrian Beltre is one of the greats. Um, should be a first ballot hall of famer in my book. Um, you know, someone that, you know, I've been able to talk to a little bit about the game also. And just, uh, I mean, just a special player. I mean, he's someone that, Great swag, great style to the game, and uh, just an elite, elite player for a very long time. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, you grew up, uh, as I mentioned, in Southern California, Dodgers fan. Grew up in Lake Forest, which is yeah. Orange County. Um, and uh, that is uh, obviously a great part of the country. But also, you know, there are a lot of things to do. I mean, you can surf, which I would assume you, I mean, you're from there. You're an athlete. You surfed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do it, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. My sister lives in uh, Cardiff. So not okay, far from there, right? So a little more south. Yeah, a little south of you, north San Diego County. So that's like you know that's the way of life there. But yeah. it's a great area. But why baseball? What and and you were a shortstop uh, in high school. What was it about the game of baseball that pulled you in? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I I think just as a kid, my parents kind of just instilled it in me a little bit. They they both loved the game. My mom loves baseball, and my dad. But my mom really loves it too, and she would love to work with me also and help me out. Um, you know, I think. Just growing up, you know, I, I, I love playing baseball. I love, my mom never let my, – my parents never let me play football. Uh, they were scared about the injuries and all that. I wish I did it, but I, at the time I wish I played. But now I look back and I probably thank them for not letting me play. It's kind of a, like a hard, hardcore sport. Um, but uh, play a little bit of soccer, and then baseball is just something that I feel like I love. Just I love the competitiveness. Love hitting a homer. You know, I love making the play and – all those things, and the, it's just such, it's a hard game. It's very humbling, but whenever you have a little bit of success, it's just it's one of the best feelings in the world. So I just found myself slowly falling in love with the game at a young age, and uh, I love to work on it. You know, I never looked at, you know, I never loved, when I was a kid, I never loved practicing all the time. You know, I'd rather just go play games, but, you know, I loved, like, as I got older, slowly, I loved, you know, hitting. I loved picking ground balls. I loved throwing. Like, I loved doing all those things, you know. That, you know, as a kid, a lot of kids, Sometimes when you grow up, they don't want to do all those things. And I really loved all the, all the practice stuff. Yeah, that's so, it's obviously important for the kids watching. You know, that's, that's how you become great. I mean, is obviously the practice, the repetition, the muscle memory, and all those things. I mean, you were a really good high school player. Then you got drafted in 09 by the Rockies. And you were going to go to Arizona State, but you went into the Rockies organization, moved your way up. But as I understand it, you were a really good hitter, but, you know, maybe people would assume that Nolan Arenado was just, like, born to be a third baseman, born to be a defensive player from birth, but you really worked at that. Like, you were a good hitter, but the defense came, and it was instruction, I believe, in Modesto uh, that kind of turned things for you. What, what was that uh, instruction like from your coach there? Yeah. Well, I mean, true stories, I, 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 I was okay fielding, but I actually went to catch – just to raise, raise my draft status. You know, I never loved it because um, it hurt, <laughs> and I didn't like how hard it was. I, I'll tell you a quick story. I went to go and do a pre-draft um, workout with the Angels at, at Angel Stadium, and I went to play third, and I went to go catch to show that I could do it also just in case that would hopefully raise my draft status. So I went to go catch. Um, as I go to block a ball, it bounces, hits me in the elbow. I go down because I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is, this is ridiculous pain right now. There, I was in pain. I started just botching balls. So they're like, hey, just go to the bullpen and work on it. You know, we'll have our coaches look at you. The first pitcher in the bullpen spikes it in the gr grass. I go to fake block, like I'm just a terrible form. Hits me in the wrist. I go down. I swear I had, like, tears in my eyes. I was almost crying, but I had to try to hide it because there are scouts there. But I was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. And then they just said, you know what, man, just just go just go back to third. and. And uh, I don't think they ever called me again after that one. But uh, it was uh, – so catching was something that I was like, I, I got to get that out of here. But, you know, it's third base. Um, 
you know, I, I, I love the I love playing short. Short helped me at third. I wasn't quick enough to play short at the next level, so I got to third. And a lot of the credit goes to my coaches, Scotty Fletcher, Jerry Weinstein, and Stu Cole. Those guys were critical for me in my career. They taught me the way to field. They taught me how to move my feet. You know, growing through the minors, I did. I, I was more of a hitter than a fielder. I had terrible feet. But then I started to figure it out a little bit. Yeah, that, oh, that's, you know, the footwork is amazing, and you made some unbelievable plays. The arm strength, too. I mean, you really worked, I would assume, upper body to get into that position to fire across the diamond as you do. That's a huge part of your game also. Yeah, yeah, thank you. No, yeah, for sure. It's something that, man, they pushed me very hard, and luckily enough, it worked out. Yeah, definitely. Um, back to catching, it's insane, isn't it? I mean, if you think about what Yachty has done over his career, oh, the yeah. pounding that he's taken. Oh, man, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's amazing how good he is and still at an elite level. Um, being around him every day, I've just been absolutely impressed with him and just how he comes to the field every day. He's the first in there. He's one of the last ones to leave. He's out there doing early work with all these young catchers. It's just it's a sight to see, man. I mean, it's something that he pushes, like, the, just these few days, he's already pushing me to be a better player just because of how hard he goes at that age. And I'm like, man, I'm younger than him, and if he's working that hard. I need to continue to work that hard also. Yeah, he's quite a player, and there's a, it's just a great roster of players, no doubt about it. Nolan Arenado, uh, major league debut was in 2013, but not right away because you didn't make the club out of spring training in 13. They optioned you to Colorado Springs, and you just killed it. I mean, you were hitting the cover off the ball. They called you up like a month into it. I believe 0 for 3 your first day in major league debut, but what was that like? I always love the major league debut stories. Uh, from yeah. players. Those are my favorites. Yeah, well, you know, my story was, you know, um, when I got called up, we were in Tucson, AAA, worked playing, and my, my mom and dad drive down because it's only five hours from home or six six hours from home, and we go play. We're playing. Um, we play. Um, Glenn Allen Hill was our, our uh, AAA manager, and he was like, hey, you're not playing today, and we got snowed out in springs like the first three days. So this is the fourth day I wasn't playing in a row. So I was pit. I was like really upset. I was pissed. He's like, dude, I need a bat. This is my fourth day. I'm not playing. You know, he kind of knew behind the scenes that there was a chance I was going to get called up, but he couldn't tell me yet because it wasn't for sure. And he's like, listen, man, there's nothing I could do. I'm not supposed to play you today. And I was like furious. I was like, whatever. So that night, me and my mom and dad, we go eat dinner. We're at BJ's restaurant. We order food. We're either there ordering food. And then Glenn Allen Hill called me. He was like, hey, you need to come to my room right now. I got some news for you. And then we're like, oh, man. So we just, we didn't even eat the food. We ordered it. We paid for it. And then we just left. And then uh, he came and told me that I'm getting called up. And we got, you know, I got called up to go play in uh, Arizona, which is, you know, a couple hour drive from Tucson. And as we're, you know, I get, they got me a car to drive down. So I'm driving down. And my parents are following me. And as we're heading there, it's already kind of late. The driver all of a sudden got tired. He's like, I'm tired. Like, I'm, I'm not driving anymore. What? Well, like, what do you mean you're not driving? I got to go. And then thank God my dad and my mom were behind me. And he's like, I, I'm just too tired. I'm, I'm done driving. So we pull over. I pack, take out all my bags out of his car. I, my mom and dad pick me up. And then I go in their car. And the driver just goes home. And then my parents took me to Arizona. We stayed in the hotel. And wow, that was the trip. It was crazy. We got in at like three with a day game. But I couldn't sleep. Maybe slept for like an hour. Maybe. Oh. It was crazy. I can't even imagine. Well, good two good things there. Your parents were trailing you. Yeah. But also, I'm actually glad. Like, who knows, right? It's just, 
You know, you don't want the guy falling asleep. I know. You know what? I, I looking at the time, I was like, dude, I can't believe this guy. But now I think about him, like, hey man, that's probably good that he didn't keep driving. You know, if you're tired, you got to go home. That's right. So you, I mentioned the O for three because the next day, three hits. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yep, yep. Got my first big league homer the next day. Yes, you did. Yeah. And then I think it was a few days later, got your first grand slam, and it just wasn't off anybody. That was off David Price. Yeah, yeah, one of the greats, you know, a Cy Young winner. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was – that whole week was pretty special. Fun year because you finished that rookie year – Gold Glove winner, your first of eight straight in the National League, and that had to have been a very special accomplishment for you. You walk into the Rockies' Major League debut a month into the season, and you finish as a Gold Glove winner in the National League. What a what a terrific confidence booster that must have been for you. Even though, you know, you're a rookie and you're you're learning, but man, that had to have felt good. Yeah, you know, I think the best part about it is that you know I got called up, known for my bat, you know, and then. You know, I didn't hit great my rookie year, um, but I played great defense, and then I won the gold glove, so then I was known for my glove. It was just funny how it all turns like that, but uh, just, you know, it was cool. You know, the hard work, you know, I, you know, I, all those guys, like, I've had a lot of help, you know. I know it's me out there, but I've had a lot of help. Well, you have, uh, you, but you fought through. I mean, in the next year, you had injuries, but you won another one, and you fought through those injuries, and then in 15 – that offense shows up. I think that was the first year that you won the National League home run title, tying Bryce Harper, was in 15. Um, and you went to the All-Star game in Cincinnati and then started making your move three times, led the National League in home runs, eight straight gold gloves, four platinum gloves. I mean, we could run down the resumes. We have all, I'm all tie, this I'm time. tied with Yachty on the platinum. So. Yes, you are. Yeah, we got we got we got he was the first one to tell me. He's like, hey, that platinum glove's mine, man. I said, oh, no, dude, I want that one. I, I got to get more than you. So great. I, I can't wait to see. He's going after that 10th gold glove. You know, he's locked in. Uh, but I mentioned the All-Star game. You're a five-time All-Star. Joe Buck told me a great story about you. Do you know this story? So in uh, the year that you guys were in Cleveland for the All-Star game, Joe, I just had him on the show recently, and he told this story about you. So Joe is in the clubhouse, and he's doing this project for – it's like a video for kids, and he's looking for a player who can talk, and he's – Early, he's not getting any luck, and he's kind of wondering, how am I going to pull this off? And he went up to you and said, hey, do you mind? Like, I'm sorry to ask, but I'm shooting this video for kids outside. And you're like, yeah, let's go. And then went out there, shot this video, and he said, man, I owe you. You know, thank you so much. And you said, you owe me nothing. Let's just, let's do it. And I heard the story, and I thought, good human being, also somebody who wants to grow this game. I feel like you think it's really important to make sure that the kids in this country and beyond are experiencing the game that you love. Yeah, you know. Well, Joe, Joe is cool. I think he sent me a, wine, a nice, nice bottle of wine. So I, got, oh, I, I bet got, he did. He, he, just, he did say he, he just deserves a little bit of credit. He's very good. And, uh, you know, uh, for sure, you know, I think at the end of the day, the, the game, this game, as you get older, you just, the, you know, young kids come and they're coming through and, you want to grow the game of baseball, and you want people to love it, and uh, for sure, you know, I had no problem doing that video. It's it's for the kids, man. The kids need some help, and maybe that could help his career. I know when I was a kid, or when I was younger, when I had, you know, some of these other players that I was around or be able to talk to, you know, they helped guide me also. But you know, I think it's important to take care of the kids for sure. Opening up to a few questions here, Corey wants to know who your idol is uh, in the game. Do you? 
Who, like, who would uh, be your idol? Well, a lot of my favorite players are kind of they're done now. You know, uh, Albert's still playing. He's one of my favorites. Miggy, uh, obviously Beltre, Holiday, um, Derek Jeter. Um, Sean Green was my favorite, one of my favorite players of all time, and he was my favorite player. He was like the first player I really like fell in love with, and uh, all those guys, man. I, you know, it's funny as I'm getting older, my favorite players are starting to like retire. And stuff. So <laughs> I remember when I first came in the league, they were all playing, you know. So it's just funny how you know it's just the way it goes now. But yeah, those are my favorites. Yeah, Harry, you know what's common between all those players and you, for that matter, because you're really you know right now eight years in the league, one of the greats in the game. To be the great players, the elite players, you just can't – I know it, it becomes cliche sometimes, but you just can't go too high, too low, right? I mean, I'm sure that you get pats on the back from so many people and you're your own worst critic, but at the same time, you got to keep some sort of balance to keep going, long season long, and, and a grind. Yeah, for sure, for sure. No, I mean, you know, I think that's the thing. You know, the great players in this game know, find, know how to find a way to stay – you know, the, you know, the ride the wave, right? You just keep going. You just got to keep going. You know, there's going to be some bumps in the road, but that's the way baseball is. Baseball is a tough game. Um, don't get me wrong. There's times where it beats me up and I got to fight and you got to figure it out. But, you know, that's the thing. You know, we play 162. My goal is to be in you know, try to play as many games, all those games, you know. And, you know, I think my goal is just to be out there. But, you know, it's, it's a tough game. It's a battle. But, you know, I feel like my confidence comes from being prepared and working hard. So I know going into those games, I'm ready to go. So, I mean, I just try to continue when things are going bad. I'm like, hey, I'm putting the work in, you know, I'm putting the work in. And so it's going to turn. It's got to turn. You know, there's no way I'm putting all this work in for nothing, you know. So, you know, that's how I try to think about it. You know, other guys are probably a little bit better as far as, you know, there's no sweat. I'm Eric Beltre, you know, talking to him about the game. You know, he'd be like, I was never, you know, I was never worried. I'm like, man. That's a that's elite thinking. I'm not gonna lie, I get worried sometimes. I get a little worried. Um, but you know, but like I said, you just go back to the work ethic and think about everything you did to prepare. Yeah, it's natural though. I mean, we're human beings. Um, Otis brought up a player who's a lot like you too. That's uh, Paul Goldschmidt. I saw that comment. I knew that was coming. Goldie, uh, you know, Goldie is uh, not on social media. Just loves baseball. All he wants to do is go to the ballpark early play baseball, go home to his family, repeat the next day, right? I mean, that's that's Paul Goldsmith. Goldie, Goldie's, Goldie's one of the best, man. He's, you know, playing against them in Arizona back in the day when I was in Colorado. He he was obviously one, he's one of the best players I've ever seen and smart, um, tough, um, he's durable, um, all those little things. But he's a great teammate, a great guy, a great family man. And uh, he does things right at the end of the day. That's what it's about. He does things right. And, uh, you know, it's funny, like, Back in the day, nobody would say anything about him. They'd be like, oh, that's how you do it. But now that, you know, social media and all these things, and they're like, oh, I can't believe he's on social media. It's so weird. He's like, no, I think he's just he's kind of normal, man. He's pretty normal. He's just, you know, he's private. He likes to keep, you know, things separate, and he's really good at that. I mean, social media is fun for some of us, but, you know, if you've got a – if you need to be locked in, you don't need the distractions of all that. I mean, I'm not saying that players who, who are on no, it. for sure. There's know. nothing wrong with social media, but you – know, I don't have it, but, it, you know, I, it's no, there's nothing wrong with people having it at all. You know, everyone has their own things, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. But Goldie is like – it's just so – I when he said that, I'm like, of course you don't. I mean, of course you're not on social media. Like, he's just so – he's just uh, – He's a terrific player, too, you know, oh, yeah. defensively, offensively, the patience. It's exciting to, to know 
that you'll be on the corners and to know that I'm assuming you'll be next to each other in the lineup, but we'll see how Schulte does it. Uh, how do you like Schulte, by the way? Good. I love him. I love him. He's a great, so far he's been great, great communicator. Um, I met him, obviously, he was a double-A Springfield manager when I was in Tulsa in double-A, so I got to talk to him a lot. But uh, so far he's been great, great communicator, cares, um, and uh, so far it's been really good. Really good conversation with Nolan Arenado. Appreciate him very much. If you want to hear the rest of it, just go to the Garage Happy Hour page. Uh, our Well, really our website has a great story on the Garage Happy Hour, KMOX.com, but you can also go to the KMOX Sports Facebook page. All of the Garage Happy Hours are there. We've been doing it for a year. And Nolan Arenado, our latest guest, really appreciate him. That's a very cool thing that he did, just jumping into the Garage Happy Hour this past Thursday. John Mosaylock is coming up next, Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday morning. America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Tom Ackerman with you, and we're joined live by Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Mosaylock from Jupiter, Florida. Mo, we appreciate these visits every day, especially on a game day. My gosh, is it nice to say that. We won't keep you too long because we know it's a busy day around there, but we appreciate you joining us. How nice is it to have a game today against the Washington Nationals? You know, it's really kind of an incredible feeling. Um, I was like walking through the clubhouse this morning and, and, you know, sort of looking at some of the names and stuff that, that are there. And I mean, there's probably 30 or 40 people in this camp that haven't played a baseball game in over a year or participated in one in some fashion. And so um, obviously it's um, uh, exciting. There'll be some fans here and um, we're blessed with a beautiful day and, you know, I'm, I'm, Glad we can be a part of it, and uh, hopefully it puts a few smiles on people's faces. No doubt about it. To have all of that going on has to be great. We will have the game on KMOX in a half hour, the first pitch called by Mike Shannon in his 50th year in the broadcast booth. Mo, for you personally, I know that this has been some year. I mean, it was a year ago that uh, we were starting spring training. We had no idea what was to come. Uh, this year-long journey has been a winding road, hasn't it? I, I can't even imagine. I mean, from our perspective, watching this and observing this and reporting on it, it's been one thing, but for you to be right in the middle of it and all of your staff, uh, something that certainly you'll never forget. Yeah, it's been, you know, extraordinarily unique. And I, I think, like, every single one of us has, you know, a story of, of what this pandemic has meant to, to them as an individual. But for someone that sits in my seat and you're, you're trying to, you know, not only navigate your own personal issues, but also a, a team and an organization, it's, it's certainly been a, a challenging on, on many fronts. But I think today is sort of that, that sort of moment of optimism and, and what we hope to see. And, you know, again, it's not perfect. It's not like we're going to be completely sold out, but you are going to see some people watching this game. You're going to hear some people cheering and, um, you know, we won't have to put that, uh, that false or fake, uh, crowd noise in today. So I think like, you know, from camel X to TV, it'll be a different feel. 
Yeah, fans mean a lot to this organization. I know that. And they are such a huge part of what you do, and they push the players to be even better. To have fans will be amazing, and hopefully at Bush Stadium soon. And then, you know, not that you'll ever relax this necessarily, but uh, it has to be a relief to go through that intake process the first time around to get everybody in there and not have any positives. To not have any inconclusives either, Mo, is is my understanding. You know, it's – yeah, that's a nice feeling, but – it, that's a day. That's that's a moment. It's you know it's about everybody staying responsible and and doing their part to to stay the course. And of course that's how we'll proceed. But um, yeah, that that was certainly a nice feeling. And it you know we didn't have any setbacks that way. But um, it's still about you know what you do today and as you prepare for tomorrow. Having all those players out there working out and getting ready for this game and now playing an actual game. Uh, but uh, the, it was neat to see the little competitions going on. I know you had a chance after all of your administrative duties and everything that you had to do behind the scenes to get out and, and visit the fields and see that again. Just uh, some of the things that you observed that caught your eye, perhaps, that you can share with us. It's been a very positive camp. And, um, you know, I think. The, the players all showed up with, with a lot of, you know, very intentional mindset on what they needed to do. Um, you know, clearly there's some guys that are having to, to learn some new positions. They're having to experience new roles. But I will say that um, when you talk about sort of the competition of this camp, you know, people understand that, that there are some jobs open. There, there is some, some importance to what they do when they take the field each day. And so you, you can feel that, that sort of tension or stress that's, I think, really helpful to keep, you know, the camp in a, a, a very positive light. The competition for spots in the rotation will be interesting to watch. I know we're going to see a little bit of that today. Jack Flaherty has a spot in the rotation. He goes a couple innings expected, and then you're going to get Gant, you're going to get Cabrera, you're going to get Alex Reyes, and, and you know we, you and I haven't had a chance to talk about him a lot so far on these Sundays, but now that he's been able to throw a little bit, you'll, you'll work him back into it. Alex Reyes, you talk about a journey. What a road this has been. What have you seen from the 2021 version of him, Mo? You know, he looks like uh, he feels very comfortable where he's at. He feels, feels healthy, knock on wood. And, you know, I think his own personal expectations are, are you know, to really – position himself to maybe not necessarily be a starter this year, but, but maybe be able to come in next year and truly compete for that. So that means, you know, our responsibility is to create him some innings this year. So we're not going from, you know, 60 relief appearances and a total of 70 innings to then hoping he can go pitch 200. So, you know, hopefully his inning workload this year can be somewhere around a hundred, if not slightly North, which would be beneficial. And then your outfield, that competition will be fun to watch develop as well. You'll start things off today with O'Neill in left, Bader in center, and Carlson in right. That seemed to be an expected start, uh, but we'll see where it goes from here. Those three uh, have their skill sets, that's for sure, don't they? And I, you know, that's a we talk about the defense of O'Neill winning the gold glove and the defense of Bader up the middle is unquestioned. Carlson has, has shown some signs. I know we all talk about him as a hitter, but he's some defensive player, isn't he? He's got great big strides, too. He can get to a spot pretty quickly. Every one of our outfielders could almost play center field if you had to. O'Neill could yeah. do it. Lane Thomas could do it. Uh, Dylan could do it. Um, you know, I think Bader is the best at it. But, 
you know, you could do that with them. And I think even like Justin Williams is a decent right fielder and, um, and decent left fielder. So that's positive. And, you know, Austin Dean, I think, you know, is a more offensive minded player, but, you know, still can hold his own. But yeah, I think like our, our defense in the outfield has a chance to be like elite or special. Yeah, I think so. And then we'll see how who emerges offensively. And of course, that takes at bats and we're going to get them very quickly. We saw the lineup and I had Nolan Arenado on the garage happy hour, John. He was, as expected, spectacular. He was he's just a great human being. I appreciate him accepting the invitation and he put together an amazing show for us. And now we get to see what he can do. He'll bat fourth in your lineup today. And Mike Schilt talks about the residual effect uh, quite often, and we're going to see that, I think, from Nolan Arenado. At least that's the hope throughout this lineup. He just changes things for everybody, doesn't he? Well, I, you know, I think, look, people realize, as I should say as teammates, they realize that you know, he's one of the best players in the game um, and just the way he approaches things. But he's, you know, fun guy, great guy to be around, and, um, you know, I, I do think he will make people better and, you know, someone that I think will have a direct impact on might be like even D young, just standing to his left because, you know, now he doesn't have to force himself to maybe try to do more than, than maybe what he once had to. So I think it'll be fun to watch. Like you point out, it's day one. We have a whole camp to get through of, of games, but um, certainly exciting. It is exciting. Well, it's fun. And, and, you know, we saw the lineup today, and I heard Schilte Zoom, which we're going to hear here in just a moment. We're going to let Mike Schilt uh, let it breathe for a little bit and talk about his club. But, um, you know, with Edmund at top, everybody is questioning, you know, oh, so Tommy Edmonds leading off, he said, yeah, today. I mean, let's, you know, let's not uh, – whether that sticks, we'll see. But uh, it is it well, is fun. Well, obviously, you know, in the early part of camp, you can get to DH. So you have a lot of yeah. flexibility early in camp. Yep, it's it's exciting. There's no doubt. Matt, Matt Carpenter bats second. He'll be the DH today. We'll hear about him and more uh, coming up next. John Mozalock, really appreciate the time as always. Have a great game day. Excited for you. All right. Thank you. You be well. You too. President of Baseball Operations, John Mozalock, with us on KMOX. Quick timeout. When we come back, it is a little bit of Mike Schiltz before we take you to Cardinal Baseball at 11.55. Back in a moment. KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh, yeah! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, we're getting closer. Cardinal Baseball just around the corner on KMOX. We're going to go to the booth in 10 minutes. Before that, here's a little bit of Cardinals manager Mike Schilt this morning. His lineup looks like this. Edmund Carpenter. And then the three, four, five hitters of Goldschmidt, Arenado, and DeYoung. You have Yadier Molina batting six. Carlson's in right field batting seventh. O'Neill in left batting eighth. Harrison Bader in center field batting ninth. Carpenter's the DH at two. Edmund, obviously, the second baseman at one. And how about this question out of the gate from Benjamin Hockman of the Post-Dispatch. Hey, Mike, can you explain why you went with Arenado at third base? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, thanks. I wanted to ask about Flaherty. Uh, what, what, what excites you about him pitching uh, today? What, what are you hoping to see out of him? Love watching Jack pitch. Like I enjoy watching our guys pitch, but just love to watch Jack get out there. And um, he's been... Um, as usual, Jack's been super effective and efficient. And, um, just love to see him get after guys and uh, look forward to watching him compete today and 
and uh, always like watching the stuff. You're listening to Mike Schilt, Cardinals manager with the media. Jack Silver, MLB.com. Um, related to Jack, I guess, we've been seeing the electric strike zone, uh, a robotic strike zone being used during these live BP sessions. Do you have any insight if that's a continuation into these games, or is that just an aberration for the uh, early live BP getting some practice in for that? Yeah, just that was the one day where Major League Baseball came in. We did in the stadium, and, and they wanted to get feedback from some of our um, more veteran pitchers and, and hitters. So, um, but that's not anything that I'm aware of that, that we'll see in any <clears throat> capacity during spring training games. I think we'll have our uh, normal umpires do a really good job. And I think moving forward, um, you know, they'll have that in the Florida State League, the automatic strike zone. So, um, you know, but I don't think it's going to be anything other than that in our spring training games. Not to get you to go out on a limb and, you know, give out too many headlines, but what was just a general sense of those guys in the box hearing the, the, the calls behind them? I know it wasn't a game environment, but what was just the general reaction to, to that at the early onset? Um, you know, I mean, if it's a borderline pitch that a hitter doesn't get or a pitcher doesn't get, they, they don't love it. And um, if it's one they do get, then, then you know, this is, a, this is, this is okay. Um, so I think there was some give and take to it. Um, so beyond that, I can't really give you any great insights. Zach. Again, this is Cardinals manager Mike Schilt with the media. Mike, uh, Hockman kind of already a- asked this, but uh, it is the first time that you were able to write in pen, I believe, Arenado's name after having a f- almost a month now, I guess, of fiddling with the lineup and what that might look like, what the middle of the order might look like. What was that? What did that mean to you? What do you think that looks like? And and how did you settle on the order of him and Goldschmidt? Um, well, they fit that in those places more recently, historically. Um, it's a starting point. Uh, as far as, you know, I tell you, it was nice to see it. You know, you don't write in the lineups anymore. Um, those days are um, good, bad, and different. They're over. Um, you just, uh, everything's, all, everything's automated. Um, but when you see it in the lineup, and I say you don't write them, I do write them, and then, um, but they're not an official, you know, entry into how you write them in a triplicate um, where different copies are distributed. Um, but anyway, it's just nice to see that name in the lineup. It's uh, nice to have that anchor in the lineup, and clearly, it's uh, it's just a really um, exciting time for the for the organization and for Nolan and and for our club. You you guys print off the lineup card that you use in the dugout, right? That's Ollie prints that off as opposed to yeah, Ollie card. prints it out. We you know we send it out to the to the group uh, the night before, and then it's sent to multiple locations, and it's then it's printed out and it's posted in the clubhouse, posted in the dugout, um, and then I've got my own uh, copy of it that's that's printed as well. In, in all your permutations that you fiddled with in the past few weeks, was was Arenado cleanup was that almost as certain as a as third base i wouldn't say that and um you know listen i i I don't i don't just continually just write um lineups out and i think about it more than writing them out but um yeah i mean clearly it's the guy's done it um but i wouldn't read too much into the day and i have thought about it quite a bit and his his name you know slides in that four spot pretty easily but you know it's it's a name that slides into in a, in a skill set that slides into about any spot in the lineup. Mike Schilt letting people know what the lineup looks like. Again, Arenado.
batting cleanup today. But, uh, you know, just like he said with Tommy Edmond, it doesn't mean that everything's going to stick just because that's what they have on February 28th. But it's exciting nonetheless, and we're going to get to John Rooney and Mike Claiborne along with the voice of the Cardinals, Mike Shannon. Ricky Horton's going to have some innings today. He's part of a great broadcast crew. What a crew they have with Mike Shannon, John Rooney, Ricky Horton, Mike Claiborne, and the man who makes everything sound good, and that's Jim Jackson. You know what else they have to work with today? Fans. There will be fans inside Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. It's an exciting moment on KMOX Radio. Let's take you to it in mere minutes. It is sports on a Sunday morning. Thanks to producer James O'Sullivan. I'm Tom Ackerman, and it is really a lot of fun to say these words that I'm about to say. I've been waiting a while to do it. Cardinal Baseball is next on KMOX. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.